Welcome. and welcome to Grand Final Day 2014. Sorry, Jeez. <laughs> Just shut you down after the two, yeah. two and a half, two and a half nanoseconds. Oh, the culmination <laughs> yeah. of the AFL season. Probably a good time to reflect on how we've gone with our uh, predictions at the this start is, of this the year. Is the, this is the first time we've ever been proud to revisit a prediction, I yeah, think. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, Other than the Miami hate. I knew we swept the board this year. That <laughs> yeah. was really scary. Yeah. I don't know what's going on, yeah. but... Gee, you could have made a lot of money off of me. Yeah. Especially if you heard me uh, talking coming out of the Eagles Collingwood game round 18 when I said, you know he's a real smoky for the Brownlow this year? Matt Prittis. Oh, there we go. Oh, I'll tell you what, I'm dirty not getting on him at 15s, but I'm probably dirty for mm. winning because it means he's going to be heading up the Eagles midfield <laughs> for another couple of years. Damn. But, um... So, oh. this is... We thought we'd just put together a random hodgepodge of... Uh, Thoughts, predictions, thoughts, thoughts opinions. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, Sydney Hawthorne Grand Final, pretty happy about that, pretty although I would call it. <laughs> although, at, at this particular point in time, I'd probably go the other way to my original yeah. suggestion. I think, look, Sydney have just had the perfect run into this Grand Final, let's yeah. face it. No injuries, haven't had to change their team for five weeks, and they got the... Had the two ben- weeks off yeah, before the Grand the be- Final. The benefits of the Friday night game, plus the incredibly soft prelim, I yeah. mean... Geez, that was that side of the draw, the North Geelong side was always going to be of great benefit to the yeah. team that, that copped it. And yeah, well, whereas copped uh, it, it's not quite the phrase I'd. Yeah, but um, was I mean, rewarded with it. Yeah, whereas yeah, Hawthorne have I mean Hawthorne lucky to see Port off in the end. Yeah. And oh, very. my God, what how great's Port Adelaide been as a team to watch this year? Yep, I mean the fact that Ken Hinckley's not coach of the year is a fucking disgrace. As yeah. as someone said. John Longmire's managed to take a ragtag bunch of premiership players and a $10 million man all the way to the grand final. That's why he's coach of the year. Ridiculous. Yeah, yeah I think you rated him underrated at the yeah, start of the I year did, too, yes. which is a pretty yes. bloody good call. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty happy with that. I, I called Eric McKenzie, which I think was also a really good call, oh, but yeah, he's well, still underrated. Yeah, the fact that he didn't make the All-Australia. I mean, yeah. you ask any footballer fan worth their salt, Who's yeah. the best defender in the AFL? And Eric McKenzie would be the answer probably, I'd say, 75% of the time. Yeah. So the fact that he's not even getting a, a Guernsey. When Adelaide, who were the 11th best defence in the competition, had two representatives. Thank you. That's horse shit. Thank you. That, I've been making that point ever since the team was selected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's quite ridiculous. Yes, so... Um, yeah, we haven't actually had a chance to catch up since the debacle that was your Australian team. Oh, yeah. And uh, I, I think uh, Adam Simpson's swipe at, at um, and Cameron Lee at the Brown Guy medal yeah. summed it up perfectly. That was pretty good. <laughs> Loving Simo's work just yeah. quietly, even though he couldn't quite get us into the eight. Yeah, yeah. didn't and miss the chance to my, stick the boot in. Yeah, my, my bold pick for Gold Coast, West Coast, deciding uh, deciding a spot in the eight yeah. was a Sydney tank job away from eventuating. Exactly. One Lance Franklin uh, omitted. <laughs> which also <laughs> cost me the AFL Fantasy Grand Final, which I'm still not happy about. Franklin Rockliffe. Do, do you really Zorko. have to bring that up? Franklin, Rockliffe and Zorko, and I only lost by 50. And I had to play too short. I lost by 118, and in, in my one where not only had I not lost a game all year, but I'd been the top scorer in every round all year, there was no vice-captain. And I couldn't get... I made this desperate call in the middle of the freeway. Kids, don't talk in mobile while driving unless it's an yeah. emergency like this. To you and Adam, no one could get on and yeah. change their, my team. 
I would have needed 59 points from Rockliffe as captain mm. to win. Which he would have had by quarter time oh, if he'd played. And I lost. Yeah. I... It was a very dark time for me. I was punching walls, you know, yeah. headbutting things. I was I was not a happy camper. Particularly then when I logged on to our tipping comp and saw this Yeehaw Fantasy Grand Final win. Someone had to stop you, Mr. Cricket. Blood pressure was just spiking into the low thousands yeah. at that point. Although this was a uh, Cameron Rule's brother. Although to give him credit, when he then saw my um just lost the fantasy grand final because fucking Rockcliffe was a late out and I couldn't change him in time. He did uh, then tone down his celebrations yeah. and, yeah, it was a bit more uh, reconciliatory. But still, fucking hell, Tom Rockcliffe. The highest dream team average of any completed season of any player ever and yet I'm still, I'm still pissed off with you because you cost me my... Well, I think it was going to be like 40 bucks for winning the fantasy grand final. Mm. So at the very least, I shat all over them all in yes. the tipping. So, but, <laughs> but anyway, to today... Just, I, I just, no, I just, just yeah. quickly reflecting back. Congratulations for four games for Melbourne. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. Was, a, uh, that was a ballsy call. Yeah. Paid and, off. And, and I think our sentiments about Paul Roos was pretty much reflected... <laughs> By everyone at the end of the year. You well, didn't really it, cop yeah, too much flack this year. Yeah. Uh, by everyone except um, um, uh, Goodwin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, Rashido's going to sack a coach who got them to within a kick of a grand final in his first year to try and get one of his mates the job. And you turn him down to take the Melbourne job instead. Well played, sir. <laughs> Outstanding. Yeah. Thanks, Kirky. <laughs> yeah. well, I think, that, I think the, uh, the five-year contract might have had something to do with that. But, uh, yeah. yes, uh, and uh, other big calls we had. I, I had St Kilda for the Spoon from memory, yep. yeah, which uh, it wasn't, didn't quite play out the way I'd thought. It's been a bit nervy after they beat Fremantle. Yeah. <laughs> a bit nervy after I would have about said you four probably five, bit, Yeah, 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 I was just going to say, um, after the first month of the season, that one wasn't looking but, too good. Um, yeah, I mean, look, as I expected, they, they, they kind of fell away pretty quickly. And, Shat the bed, I yeah. believe is the phrase. Yeah. Went, uh, went into full-fledged tank mode. Mm. And, um, yeah, well, there you go. And Sydney Hawthorne granny. So, back to the game. I'm, I'm not hopeful. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm tipping Sydney by four goals. Mm. And I, I was just saying to you before, the, the only thing I can... I'm hanging on to hope with is that Hawthorne are a good team, a fundamentally good team. You know, there's no show and makers. Let, let's mm. not forget that. But you do have and, Matt Klinger. Yeah, but no, anyone's better than show and makers. So, like, Hawthorne are a good team. Good teams don't get blown out in grand finals usually. Well, but I, I, I don't think we have the midfield depth or the defensive prowess to shut Sydney's forward line down. Here's where I give you a chance. And it's a slim chance, mind you. Lance Franklin could very well kick 2-6 or 2-7 today. Mm. Uh, watching the game last week, yeah, he kicked five, but he didn't. He wasn't overly convincing with his shots on goal. No, it was his... I mean, he he imposed himself on that game early on. I mean, you could just tell it was, it was going to be one of those games where he was the dominant single player on the ground. Mm. But his, his kicking for goal was not great. I mean, for me... The fact that he had a set shot 35 metres out late in the game and he passed it off to Adam Goods, um, which also pissed off Dave Archer, considering he had uh, $10 on Franklin at $7.80 to kick six goals or more. He was not too happy with that pass off. Um, but it, it, it suggested... It was shades of the um, 
I'm going yeah. to pass the ball off to Jack Gunston late in the 2012 grand final rather than mm. taking the responsibility of having the shot myself. So, I th- yeah, on his boot, the, the game rests. I think today. that's exactly right. I think, you know, if he gets more than four or five... It's easy to see Sydney winning. Yeah. I think that probably by four or five. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that Kurt Tippett's gonna play a very important role in this game one way or the other. He's the one guy who Hawthorne probably don't have the the realistic matchup for yeah. depending on which way they go with Franklin. See I actually think Sam Reed is a chance to He's also today. Yes, It depends how much the injury might be affecting him, but yeah. I, I actually rate him probably just as highly as Tippett. I think yeah. Kurt Tippin has gone from being a poor man's Tex Walker to a homeless man's Lance Franklin over the last couple of years. And I think Sam Reid, he has the potential to slip under the radar and yeah. kick a few very important goals. Yeah, it's it's one of the two. I'm just trying to work... I've been trying to work out all week which one I think it's going to be. And I actually mm. think it's going to be Tippett. I think okay. he's probably the one that they don't have... I mean, it depends. Obviously, it depends who they go with Franklin. I think they'll go Gibson with Franklin, which means that I think Lake will probably get Tippett, and I'm not sure that Lake can stay with Tippett. Mm. So, it's an interesting... But that also does mean that Spanger would get Reed potentially, so... More than likely, that's right, yeah. yeah. So, Again, yeah, Sam Reed. It depends. <laughs> on, as I say, it depends on how they choose to structure up. They might use try and use Tippett as a decoy, if that's the case. Mm. So that's when Reed will certainly come into the game, and don't dis- unfortunately for me. Yeah. So I'm don't. not a fan of the guy. Don't dismiss three fifty one here. Yeah. Um, Goods. Yeah. He um, he could also be the type of guy who just sneaks under the right, radar. He kicked as well. a couple of very important ones in 2012. Yeah. As well. Mm. So I also I was also a bit surprised that McAvoy's named, which I, I think, think that's very harsh on. Seagulls. I he had that, one bad game. I think that that tells you everything about how Hawthorne view this game today because McAvoy's the type of ruckman who prefers to play a kick behind the ball. Mm. So I think that they're going to obviously try and choke Sydney's forward line and counter-attack out from it. Yeah. That seems to be the, the thinking that they would be going with, which obviously would mean that Hale will push up the ground. Which is good because he's a good forward. Yeah, but a good but... forward who will probably push up and take ruck from mid yeah. Forward on, so that's obviously going to be the way that they that they're looking to play that today. Um, but I mean, I, I think also, I mean, Segler didn't have a great game last week. No, that that much was clear. But having you know established himself in the team for the last five weeks, a bit harsh on the young bloke to drop him after yeah. one sort of uh, slightly below par game. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to to see, I mm. guess, how that plays out. I, I mean, Segler might still yet come in. I would. There's a bit of talk that Hale might be under an injury cloud as oh, well. Oh, really? So, well, I, see, I wouldn't mind Simpkin coming in because I think yeah. it's the sub he offers us a lot mm-hmm. coming off the bench. Yeah, I mean, I, the best. I I wouldn't be surprised if he always a sub. It'd be a ballsy call to make, but but I d- I don't think. I don't think you can. I think yeah. when he's going in under a cloud, you have to make him start so that you can replace him if you need to. Mm. Whereas if he comes on at sort of midway through the third quarter and pop, well, pops a hammy straight away, then we're stuck. I like Chris Joe. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the only, the only reason why I say that is is that the only way you can really control somebody's minutes, and it's silly to say that with a grand final, but is to play them as a sub. Mm. Uh, I, yeah, look, I watched... Parts of that VFL grand final last week, and he still looked a proper ass. I, yeah. I was surprised. That, I mean, you can see why they've done it, but I, I was surprised. No, I can't know. see why they've done it. Again, mm. overrated. Overrated player. 
And I think, I mean, that basically admits just how much of an underdog we are today. The fact that they're yeah. just thinking they're have, having to roll the dice with moves yeah. like that. Yeah. That, I, that says a lot. That's a very fair call. So, mm. so Forthorn are going to win. Who's going to be the guy that gets under Sydney's guard, do you think? I think probably someone like Isaac Smith. Um, who, I mean, I think Sam it's, Mitchell, everyone will go to. Jordan Lewis will probably pay more of an engaging It's, it's role. one of those wingers, isn't it? It's yeah. Smith or Hill. It's hard yeah. to work out which one it is. The other one... The other one is potentially like a, Paul Puopolo, mm. who I think... I've said is probably very overrated for a long time, but I think in terms of a small forward... I think the attention will be more on Bruce. Mm. Uh, Puopolo, in terms of the phrasing used, flying under the, the yes. radar sort of thing, um, Puopolo is the one who has a chance to do that. And if he can kick, you know, three goals, then we're a big chance. The Shane Ellen Memorial movie, so to speak. <laughs> As I like to call it, the bottom six guy who comes from nowhere and has plays yeah. a significant role in winning a flag. Yeah. But I think, look, Smitty kicked a very important goal yeah. for us last year, so he's he's proven on the big stage he's not overawed. Yeah. So I think, yeah. I mean, look, my... Harry Cunningham's going to one of them. It'll be interesting to see which one they choose. I think the players, the teams are more likely to shut down Hill yeah. because of his run um, and because of... Because it like, is... He was such an important player for us in that Geelong game, mm. and I think... You know, a lot of coaches would have sat up and paid attention to that. See, so I always take my cue. I always find it interesting to watch who Ross Lyon tags or who he sends Crowley to. Mm. And he sent Crowley to Isaac Smith last time. Okay. Which, uh, I mean, I'm not saying that every coach is, I guess, as astute in that type of thinking as mm. Ross the boss is. But I thought that that was an interesting thing. Like, Ross, Ross Lyon was probably the first guy to start tagging Luke Shuey. Yeah. And it was it was well, and, you know, when other guys were still... When Kerr was still yeah, around. Kerr yeah, Kerr was still around, Prittis was yeah. still around, and he went to Shuey. And as soon as I saw that, the first time I went, oh, shit, we're screwed. Mm. Because it actually... Um, I think he spends more time thinking about matchups than others. I'm not quite sure if Longmire's perhaps... Coach of the year. If he's perhaps as tactically as astute as yeah. Ross Wine is, yeah, it's yeah, it's amazing what a million dollars can buy. So we, yeah, yes. um, I guess my tip, I'm like you, I tip Sydney in our sweep at work. I tipped them by nine point eight percent, which I equated to just over five goals. Um, so I had Dang, to put nine point eight percent. Five goals would be a bit bit more than nine point eight percent. Well, a million bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah. The the reality is, unfor- I mean, look, we talk about this a million times. We'll probably talk about it a million more. Uh, the cola thing, you know, it gives them just the opportunity to have two or three. Well, the players. fact that they've gone out and recruited Tippett and Franklin and haven't had to give anyone up that stinks. Mm. That that really sucks. Well, and they, quite frankly, I look forward to the day when GWS surpass them in a few years' time and they discover that all the Sydney Swans fans are just fair-weather fans who will jump on the GWS bandwagon instead, <laughs> thereby proving the fact that you should only have one team in that fucking state. And I'm sitting here in a jumper which is has a Tasmania logo on it, and if you want to yeah, ask, well, where are we going to put the 18th team, then you need to look no further. 
No arguments here. Oh, it's it's actually a travesty. There's another team there already. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it was you who was saying that the best thing they could do if they wanted an AFL team is start embracing rugby, because mm-hmm. the second they become, you know, there's the potential for them to become a rugby state. Then suddenly we'll see the AFL's priorities shift a little bit. The biggest mm-hmm. problem they've got at the moment is that they're an AFL state, mm-hmm. and therefore, oh well, we don't need to worry about them. Their support mm-hmm. is a, a fail complete. Yeah, not cool. Not cool. Well, the problem is, is the the the, uh, the secondary elements is you have clubs like Hawthorne and North Melbourne roping and pillaging the sponsors for whatever mm. little money there is down there as well. Yeah. So that you know, all of a sudden, you know, they wouldn't make a decision like that. The risks, the the financial yeah, livelihood of yeah. two other clubs. So, yeah. but uh, so. A Sydney win. We're yeah. both uh, sadly on board with that, but we might uh, do a uh, perhaps slightly more inebriated update at halftime and, and yeah. see how things are going. There might be there might be a few pit, uh, fist pumping yeah. moments going on. Yeah, I'm expecting it to be close for probably two and a half to three quarters, and then a gap to the the gap to really start to show between the two teams. So, well, I'm I'm actually thinking the other way. I think Sydney could blow this out early mm. because uh, I think. They've, had, as I say, they've had the last two weeks off. Yeah, um, but so you, that, I, I, that generally shows later in the games than it does earlier yeah. in the grand final. I mean, if you can't get yourself up and about to start early in a grand final, I don't know. Yeah, what, you know, we'll you see, need to I, get your che- you need to get your uh, head your checked. Heart, yeah, your, your heart checked. As yeah, well, that but, too. Yeah, um, but no, we'll, we'll see what happens. But yeah, yeah. apprehensive. I'm shit scared. <laughs> no, no, just scared. Just scared. <laughs> Not allowed to say shit. <laughs> if you say shit, Mick, get back to work. Do- shit off. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So we shall see. Now, Dan, I don't know how much attention you've been paying to all the uh, going ons in the NFL over the past well, four or five weeks. Well, I'll tell you, I've been paying a little bit because I've joined the Eliminator Challenge in um, on the ESPN uh, website where you have to just pick one winner each week. Oh, yes. But you can't yeah. pick the same team twice. And I'm still alive. Good three work. Three. There's a lot so, of people who went out in the yeah, first Yeah, I know. <laughs> I so. picked... I picked the first game, um, the Seattle Seahawks, I think it was. I picked them in the first game and Mm. decided, you know what? I've never done this before. If I'm going to go out, I'm not going to, I'm not going to like draw it out. I'll just go the first game and then we'll see what happens from there. But no, I'm doing, I'm, I'm like right near the top in the leaderboard as well because my margin's pretty good. Yeah. So, but that's, that's about all I know. Well, yeah, yeah. That's more than you've ever talked about in the past. Yeah, and there's some guy who got sacked for punching his girlfriend in the lift. That's where I want to go. Yeah, there's the whole... It's essentially the whole hoo-ha that's come about as a result of the Ray Rice thing. Yeah. Now, yeah, for those of you who, I guess, don't know so much, Dan kind of talked about what happened. His then-fiancé, now wife, um, in 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 a casino... He uh, he punched her a couple of times in a lift. Now, so I'm sorry, they weren't married then, and then she yeah. still married him afterwards. Yes, but we won't get into that. <sighs> Women, what the fuck is wrong with you? Seriously, but the the way the NFL's handled it is just. I mean, I I used to talk about Roger Goodell in a very positive way because <coughs> he's very smart about how he made money for the NFL, but. Mm. His his leadership in this instance has just been all over the shop. Well, as I understand it, they only really put down sanctions once the video footage of it was released. Well, what happened was he had a the the player in question has never hid behind what he did. Just just for the record, and yeah. I think that that's fair enough to know. Um, 
he originally and he was originally suspended for two games. Yeah, and then the footage got le- leaked on well leaked in inverted commas on TMZ. Mm. And all of a sudden, he gets indefinite ban and sacked from his team. Mm. Now, the whole story that's going on around this is that the NFL's movement on the Ray Rice situation was kind of stalled because they hadn't seen any footage. And yet, TMZ say, we made one phone call and we got the footage. Mm. The head of security at the casino, or one of the police officials, I can't remember exactly who it was now, actually said that he spoke to uh, to people within the NFL itself and they'd sent them the footage and they'd seen the footage, that somebody there had seen the footage. And they were... Goodell had been coming out claiming that a lot of these decisions hadn't been made because they hadn't seen any footage. Yeah. And, you know, see no evil, hear no evil. Kind of, yeah, that's exactly right. And the, he went... When all this happened, he'd gone underground for about nine days... Didn't really run a press conference, then did a 45-minute... To call it a press conference is a bit of a joke. He just basically stood up in front of everybody and told them how what they were saying was wrong and didn't take any questions or anything from the media. Yeah, exactly. Um, The thing that's probably the most... I I guess the thing that I find the most alarming about all this was only a couple of years ago when it came to the Bounty Gate thing, New Orleans Saints coach Sean Payton got banned for a year. And... Peyton knew nothing about the program that was being used at the time. And Goodell's, who is judge, jury and executioner for all of these things, mm-hmm. by the way, the court of appeal in the NFL is you talk to the commissioner. Yeah. The person who sets the penalties is the commissioner. So there's no independent body associated with yeah. any of this. But when Peyton went in and challenged his appeal, basically Goodell said, well, ignorance is no excuse. Mm-hmm. Well, look, if... That thing's been sent to the NFL and Goodell hasn't seen it, but somebody within his organisation has. Surely the same thing applies here. Ignorance is no excuse, Roger. I take an even harder line and I just think he punched a woman in the face. It doesn't matter whether you see it doesn't matter whether you see footage of it or not. I mean how is it how is it gonna look good in the footage? Mm. As far as I'm concerned, he punched a woman in the face. Now, whether I think that warrants a an indefinite well, lifetime ban or whatever, you know, is is being handed down here. I'm not quite sure I'd go that far. But a fortnight off, yeah. I think that's a bit soft. Well, as a consequence of this, there's three other charges that are up at the moment. And funnily enough, in the NBA, there's one that's been reported this morning mm. along similar lines where people have been charged. Uh, one's already been... And the NFL's basically rushed through a domestic violence policy as a consequence mm. of this whereby, um, you know, you now get banned for six games. But they, um, Adrian Peterson is currently being charged with um, hitting his four-year-old kid. And Carolina Panthers player, I think his name's Greg Hardy, um, he's, been, he's actually already been convicted, but he's appealing his conviction uh, for domestic violence as well. And then there's... So, so those, two go- those two guys... Would that be... Uh, a wife or girlfriend, I can't remember okay, which. But, but not a kid. Partners, yeah, partners. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're both currently on the ineligible list to play, so they've pretty much yeah. been suspended with pay. Um, there's also a San Francisco 49ers player who, who has been um, who is being investigated. I don't think he's been charged yet, but he's being investigated, and he's actually still eligible to play because as... 
the San Francisco people are saying, well, look, you know... Innocent until proven guilty. Yeah, that's right. It's not an incident until, you yeah, know, he's until, facing charges yeah. for it and then we'll deal with it then. But, um, yeah, the, the I guess the lack of leadership in that organisation... It's a bit too reactive rather than proactive. And probably the, I guess, the most alarming thing that's come out of this, very popular columnist on ESPN, a guy who I like uh, listening to and reading, Bill Simmons, came out during the week and pretty much launched a... A, pretty, a very strong tirade directed at Roger Goodell, pretty much calling him a liar, saying that, you know, if you saw the thing, you know, somebody saw it, you're in denial, you're lying lying, just show some leadership, basically. Uh, ESPN's put him on the three-week oh, suspension list as well. So See, That's where it pisses me off, where the independence of journalists suddenly gets... Um there's, you know, there's doubt upon that because the AFL are masters of that. Mm. I've heard in the AFL that if you write well, a, a negative uh, column or, you know, present the commission in particular in a bad light, then all that happens is that players are specifically told, all right, you don't go to this journalist, you don't go to this organisation for your pre-match interviews, for your post-game interviews. They basically get frozen out. And I think more important than anything else is the is the utmost, yeah, the utmost importance of a free press who can report independently and without fear of sanctions or, or any other issues on, on, on the events and give a fair and unbiased uh, view of them. So as soon as we start getting into this sort of Orwellian state where they're controlling the media, that, that, is, that really gets up my goat. Yeah, and look, ESPN actually have form for this as well. They created this really good miniseries probably about eight or nine years ago now called Playmakers, which was based on a fictitious NFL team. And it got buried after one year, and the reason that everybody's alluded to was the NFL saying to ESPN, doesn't look good for you showing that for our, for our sport, given that you also show that sport. And the, the belief that the fictitious series was maybe a little bit too real. Yeah, too close but, to um, home. Yeah. Just to, um, I guess, to, I'll, read you, I'll, I'll read you what Bill Simmons actually said that got him in trouble. Goodell, if he didn't know what was on that tape, he's a liar. I'm just saying it, he's lying. If you put him on a lie detector test, that guy would fail. For all those people who pretend he didn't know is such exploitive, exploitive. It really is it's such exploitive, exploitive. <laughs> For him to go into that press conference and pretend otherwise, I was insulted. I really hope somebody calls me or emails me and says I'm in trouble for anything I say about Roger Goodell because if one person says that to me, I'm going public. You leave me alone, the commissioner's a liar, and I get to talk about that. Mm. Please call me and say that I'm in trouble. I dare you. Yeah. And yeah. look, that's exactly the sort of thing that you want a yeah. good journalist to be writing. Yeah. When shit hits the fan, there shouldn't be this, you know, media silence. There should be inquisitive, smart you know, investigative journalists out there calling people out for this sort of expletive, expletive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he was... I mean, the, I, I, it's it's easy for people to listen to that and take it out of context a little bit, but the things that he was... In the in the podcast itself, which I actually listened to, and at the time when I heard it, I thought, oh, he's going to get into trouble for that. Um yeah, I just thought that he was he's saying what any person who's been following the situation closely and has any semblance of a brain yeah. is thinking. Yeah. Is that well clearly something's going on and yeah. he knew about it and 
Yeah. He's not going to just trot out the official party line. Yeah, that's exactly right. Mm. So, um, but yeah, I mean, well, look, I think, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, it's a pretty simple matter. When someone punches a woman in the face, they don't deserve to be um, out there being cheered on by hundreds of thousands of people. I mean, I, that's the thing is, I nobody's disputing that. Yes, yeah, so it's not like the Essendon saga that, where everyone says, oh, we don't know what happened, we yeah. don't know whether we're I mean, or not. That's, a bit of, that's yeah. kind of the subplot to all of what's been going on. It's that this this kind of this leadership on the fly. Mm. You know, I mean, look, using the Essendon thing is a perfect example. The The whole way Essendon have handled this Asada thing is really the, the textbook case of crisis management 101, how not to do it. Mm. And Roger Dodger is um, well and truly providing another... You know, in a situation like this, you need very strong leadership. You look at how Adam Silver handled the Donald Sterling situation, yeah. it's chalk and cheese. Yeah. So... Yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's really disappointing. Uh, and I, I really hope that if, if he had any kind of brain whatsoever, he'd fall on his sword. But the 20-odd million that the... Yeah. That the no, um, the owners are paying him. I mean, at the end of the day, he answers to the owners. If the owners are willing to withstand the shitstorm that's being created, mm. he'll still be there, and it's good for them. It's it's a good deflection for them. Put all the heat on the commissioner. Don't worry about us. Yeah. Even though these guys play for us, and we've got to make decisions about all of this. Yeah. Lift your game, NFL. Not Lift. good enough, Bill. So. Um, the uh, news from a couple of Fridays ago, where the just, it's, it's just pretty orgasmic, yeah, <laughs> Justice Middleton saying to Essendon, "What the hell are you doing? Yeah, yeah, what the fuck are you all doing?" Yeah, <laughs> so uh, it was, it was. There were a few fist pumps at work that day. I must mm. say, it was pretty good. And there was also one sensational tweet on the judge, the herd, and the dude. Yeah. Which had Justice Milton, James Hurd getting out of a car, and some random sort of Brian May lookalike, just a vagabond sitting there see, smoking a cigarette. <laughs> see, I, I actually, when I saw it, I immediately thought of Swabo. <laughs> uh, undercover. Yeah. <laughs> undercover reporter. Yeah. Yeah. And Swabo hearing the bad news and yeah. going on like a five day bender. <laughs> uh, this is not happening. Yes. This is not happening. So, no, but basically, uh, Essendon got. Hit with a very very large stick on yeah. on two Fridays ago, mm. um, and essentially and uh, a two, that, and two million dollar worth of oh uh, yeah they had to pay the cost yeah that was the the coup de gras was that they had to pay the costs as well that was sensational, um, but look now I I think we sit and wait for James Heard to get the ass that's that's what I'm waiting for when's it going to happen apparently there's going to be a supporters group. Launching an official yes. challenge to Paul Little, so yep. it looks like he could get uh, dropped. And I out think of that he soon. would, uh, Heard would be the next to follow if that ticket got up. I believe yeah. that's part of the ticket. All right, I cool. mean, look, in James Heard's defence, when um, he said when the truth comes out, he'd be in a good place, and I didn't realise he meant San Francisco at the time. Mm. Um, gay Paris. Yeah, well, so, uh, yeah, it's. Now look, oh, but thank God. I mean, really. The thought that it might be overturned and they would have to go through and, and you know, find all this evidence and go through this whole process again, just stretching it out even longer. I mean, I've heard the other 17 coaches are now saying as well, just fucking get it done. Yeah. Just, it's it's finished, it's done. You're drug cheats. We all know it. Yeah. Now, go go away. 
sack, you know, be sacked or resign, one or the other, and Look, leave us to actually play football. The, the thing is, it's only going to take one player to do a deal or one player, to, a la Patrick Ryder, Whoa, to try yeah. and get out of his contract. Yeah. Um, for the for the house of cards to fall down, it's just. It and just, I mean, to be honest, I I see Ryder. It doesn't seem opportunistic or anything at all. It sounds like his his um part is wife or yeah, his wife. Yeah, his wife in particular has some very real concerns about the impact it's had on his health, and he's got a young kid as well. So it doesn't sound like he's just taking this opportunity to move to a different club. Well, there's been a lot of talk all along about Patrick Ryder with regards to this because um, the he when he got called back in to Asada late last year after he'd done his initial mm. discussion with them and they'd asked him to to clarify a few things. the The story goes that apparently he wasn't too happy when he found out some of the mm. the, the things that he'd been told by the club. Yeah, so. And this, and this is the thing, is that everybody might sit there and say that it's an opportunity. Oh, yeah, so he just wants thing. a premiership at but the, Adelaide but, the, re- thing, but, but the reality is, is that people in the know have said that this has been going on for at least 12 months mm-hmm. behind the scenes. Yeah. So it's not actually all that surprising that, that he he's doing... He doesn't want he wants yeah. to walk out of them. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, apparently he was... Yeah, he was... Incre- both him and his wife were incredibly concerned with what was presented to him the second time around. Yeah. So, um, and to be honest, I mean, it's probably just more surprising that there aren't more people in that well, situation. That's, that's really. exactly right. I, I mean, that's the thing that's just amazed me about all of this. I, I mean, mean, as soon as you start fucking around with this stuff, I mean, yeah. cancer is a mutation of genes, mm. and what they're doing here is deliberately trying to, you know, mutate the the performance of the body so that it's more than it should be. As, as, I think as soon as you start doing anything like this, you open the door for cancer and that sort of thing because it's just, it's it's another mutation of the standard, you know, general uh, genetic structure of the human body. Mm. Like, as soon as you start taking anything, any substance such as tobacco, alcohol, anything like that, your, your chances of getting cancer go through the roof. And it would be exactly the same for these sorts of substances. Yeah, look, that, uh, exactly. Exactly. And I mean, look, the, the thing that really annoys me about all of this is, I guess, the, the hubris that anybody associated with the Essendon Football Club mm. has shown, to, with the exception of David Evans, who got shafted for yeah. his... Um, I guess his disloyalty yeah. to Brand Heard. Yeah. Um, uh, well, they deserve everything that's coming to them. And I, I honestly believe that of the other 17 clubs, if this had happened at probably 14 or 15 of the other clubs, mm. that the guy would have been out on his ass that day. Yeah. Uh, they because he's the golden boy. Yeah. You know, the only clubs that may have had a slightly different view on this, I think Carlton and Collingwood. I was just going to say Collingwood, yeah. Mm. Because, I mean, similar situation, basically. Yeah. Former star who wears number five Mm. um, and who's, yeah, since become a coach. But, yeah, it's... And, I mean, you talk about the players getting fines and suspensions for bringing the game into disrepute. Well, this has brought the game into more disrepute than any other event in the history of the AFL. Keep going. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah, that's so exactly if, right. If you're gonna if you're gonna throw the book at players for you know uh, uh, criticizing umpires' decisions and all this other sort of petty bullshit that they're trying to stamp out, then how about stamping out the drug cheats who have been just getting away with it for well they've had another season now. Hmm. 
With oh well, they missed the finals last year. Jeez, big punishment. Yeah, I mean it's interesting. I I remember watching the end of the Essendon North Melbourne final very very closely, and when I saw Joe Watson's reaction, I was sitting there thinking the way he responded is that a guy who knows he just played his last game? Mm, yeah, I that that was the thought that went through my mind straight away when I saw how he'd responded. And you you got to feel for all this. You really got to feel for Brendan Goddard. Yeah. As well, who's sort of well, landed in the middle of this situation, which occurred I, before his time. Yeah, but and now uh, has I to deal with it as best he can. At the, uh, at the same time, I, I thought his comments about how other teams yeah. were going towards their players, I thought that was a little bit rich. <laughs> you mean the way they went after you and you were at St Kilda, Brendan? Yeah, well, not yeah. just that, but yeah, the whole it's it's not in the spirit of the game, and I was like, they're thinking they're just injecting your mm. team with. Drugs yeah. that nobody still knows what the hell they are, or... Oh, look, let's be honest, everyone knows what they are. Oh, let's be honest, that Asada knows what it is, Essendon knows yeah. what it is, the, uh, the the shredder that all the paperwork went through knows what it was too. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've made the same point from day one, and I'll repeat it again here, you know, for the sake of repeating myself. There's two options here. Either James Hurd was complicit in this entire scheme and he set the whole thing up and therefore he's a drug cheat and should be sacked. Or this entire saga went on under his watch at head co- as head coach and he didn't know anything about it and therefore he should be sacked for incompetence. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the two. That's exactly There's right. There's no middle ground. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And, you know, the text messages and all the likes suggest that he's in it through yeah. his eyeballs. Yeah. Um, but look, hopefully now it sounds like with the high court decision and with the yeah the, the the supporters ticket and everything else that's going on, it does sound like we will finally get to clean house. And yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing Essendon languishing at the bottom of the ladder for the next ten years. Mm. Uh, good times, yeah, good times. So uh, you conned me this year into the EPL fantasy. Me, uh, I thought it was Matt Collins. Well. <laughs> Combined, you you both kind of wore me down. Yeah. Um, I well, to be perfectly honest, I still don't know what the hell I'm doing in there. But <laughs> I figure I can probably learn it on the fly. And towards the end of the year, I might be close to competitive. Yeah. I mean, well, I'm you beat st- me when we played. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's so. that's nothing. That's five for five now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> don't consider yeah. that to be a significant thing, but. Uh, I guess uh, the uh, the efforts of our Kalgoorlie correspondent, cor- yeah. uh, correspondent, who's currently no, he I doesn't believe, deserve to be pronounced correctly right now. Who, who I believe is currently in uh, oh, Las Vegas. Five. Yeah, he's over in Las Vegas. And Bagman, put some money on you to win the wooden spoon. It's been installed as the Vegas favourite at a dollar two. Seriously, even Jimothy and Gregor had won a couple of games by this stage last year, She's and they on- didn't set their lineups after the first week. Seriously, through sheer dumb luck, you should have been able to do better than you've done so far. You're 74 points behind the next worst team. Which I think's me. Is it? Oh, I I think, think, but you've won, like, three, haven't I've you? I've won three, I think. But yeah. yeah I, I've, I've uh, had a couple of games. Where I won by, like, three or four last week, scoring a Yeah, you beat Dave Archer. That was awesome. But, His uh, first loss for the season. Yeah. But so that means I, I'm only one game behind him now, and I'm playing him this week. Yeah, but I think I beat him by a whopping four, scoring big... Big fat 38, yeah. which was pretty disappointing. But, uh, stuff. yeah, no, my team my team has been yeah, decidedly crap outs this year. I, yeah. I, think I've, I think my players between them have scored three goals. <laughs> I think, I, I've been quite funny in that I've, I've, 
I've been very good in the odd weeks and very bad in the even weeks, and this yeah. is week six, so it's it's not uh, augering well for me. But yeah. um, yeah, using my wild card and uh, leaving out Diego Costa the week he scored seventeen yeah. points against Swansea, that hurt. Yeah. That hurt quite a bit. Whereas I, I still haven't used my wild card yet. Yeah, and I probably I've, I'm. I'm trying to work out exact. I'm sticking with it for a couple of weeks to try and work out where the carnage is going to be best suited to. Yeah. Uh, oh, the, I mean, the best time to use it then, if you haven't sort of been forced into it early, is in a double game week once yeah. the uh, European fixtures get announced, because yeah. then you'll get teams like Man City, Chelsea, Arsenal, all the teams at the top having two games per per one game week. You can use it then to stack your team full of their players yeah. and say hello to double points for all of them. Yeah, but, but bring, risk, that brings us back. The risk associated with that, though, is, is that those teams are incredibly deep, and they might go into heavy rotation at their points. Well, only Man City. Man City are the worst at that, but the yeah. rest of them are pretty. You can pretty much bank on them on the guys who will get a game in, get a start in both games. But all this talk of the wild card does bring us back to the bag man because yesterday I shot off an accusatory email to him saying, "Mate." You know, yeah, as I say, you're performing worse than Jimothy and Gregor did, the absent managers, last year. Do something about it. And his reply, just, uh, my jaw hit the desk because he said, I know, and I've already used my wild card too. I'm screwed. And I just, I, I, I think my reply to him was just, holy shit. <laughs> it's like, how can you have used your wild card already and still be doing this badly? So I had a look at his team, and he's just, oh, he's, he's clearly chased points. That's all he's done, because he's got a Villa defender and a goalkeeper, who, yes, we were the last team to concede a goal this year, and yes, we only conceded one goal in our first three games, I think, but it was all about the fixtures. you always got to look at the fixtures, and over the next five weeks, we've got Chelsea, Everton, Arsenal, Man City, and one other side at the top. So And Liverpool, who we happened to somehow win. But we had a horrible run of fixtures coming up. You've always got to pay attention to the fixtures. Then, forking out £7.2 million for Ivanovic. When you've got Wyman and Naismith as two of your three strikers. Bagman! Allocation of scarce resources. Spend it on your forwards, not your defenders. Other than that, I think he's also spent a little bit too much on Steven Gerrard, which is something I would have changed. But essentially, Bagman, sort your shit out. <laughs> it's not good enough. You're an embarrassment to the league right now, and yeah. you need... Yeah, exactly. Alright, I'm being told to cut. <laughs> well, uh, Mr. Jackson's yeah! passed the... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't yeah. know what the story is there, but. Ah. Uh, and I jizz in my pants. Ah, oh, that was good. That was very good indeed. We beat the best team all year by 10 goals. Couldn't make that up. And uh, I hate to break it to everyone, this may well be the last boat pod because I've got to go live off my winnings from my tips this year. Uh, yeah, no, that's not happening, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, damn, McLean did win a normal Swift. I'm yeah. $10 poorer. Yeah. Not to mention the 200 I had on Sydney. But still, worth it. Totally worth it. 
And we're joined uh, by our South African correspondent, second grand final. Thoughts, comments? You must just be expecting Hawthorne to win every year now. Yeah, kind of to that extent, but a, uh, a great game to watch. I even thought in my ignorance that Sydney would win, but... Uh, I don't think you're alone there. No. Apparently, <laughs> apparently the surprise... Re- reference the predictions. Yeah. I was going to say, so the Fox footy supposed expert, David King, had Sydney by 68 points. Wow. All right. Uh, well, you weren't that bad. Yeah, I think he... Um, Who's that guy we need with the... Wrong! <laughs> Uh, that he got guy? it the wrong way around, but by the looks of things. Yes. Uh, and yeah, uh, great game to watch. Couldn't catch any of the commentary though for all of Matt Jackson's charting, <laughs> but uh, yeah. that made it all the more intense. I think, and uh, our ears will be ringing for a week. And Paul, Will- Paul Williams in the fetal position in the corner. <laughs> yeah. Worth it. Totally worth it. Uh, but great to share with the Danimal over here, and um, <laughs> yeah, look forward to next year. Wonder if the Hawks will win. We that can one. go three. <laughs> you think? Oh, no. no. Sydney and Port Adelaide next year. We're calling it now. Uh, but still, what a win! I'd like to see Frio there, but we'll see. And um, yeah, all in all, a good day, I reckon. All that's needed now is for Aston Villa to beat Chelsea at Stamford Bridge tonight. Yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, take the Hawthorne win and be happy yeah. with it. Yeah, we'll do. Ugh. And call it a day, V. Can't even get up. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a normal Saturday night for Dan. Yep. Yeah. Pretty much. We're getting to watch it's even more entertaining. <laughs> I think that's a good <laughs> note. We're a happy team at Hawthorne. No? Oh, no. Okay. Yeah, we've had enough of that for well, today. Well, we are. We've only heard it about 15 times. Um, there's a hot field for the Norm Smith medal today. A uh, few worthy candidates. Uh, and, and Luke Hodge. Luke Hodge, Jordan Lewis, Sam Mitchell, Sean Burgoyne, who didn't poll a vote, Will Langford. Yeah. There also is a hot field for the Leon Davis medal. Which I think I think we decided this was like a, a turd bait yeah. into a circle and yeah. um, put, hung around someone's neck or, 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 or dropped on someone's desk. It almost needs to be Sacco <laughs> you are the worst yeah. type thing. Yeah. And, but there's a hot field for that as well and yeah. Still trying to work out so, where to go with this, even uh, you know six hours after the game. Now, still, I'm not. I'm still I'm toying pretty, between I'm two. Decided. <laughs> I'm still tossing up between two guys here for uh, for the worst. But uh, so the case for the prosecution, Gary Rowan. Gary Rowan's probably my favourite. To be yeah, honest, he's, he's the, the he's been installed by Vegas bookmakers yeah. as the early favourite. Seven possessions playing in the halfback line when, when the ball was down yeah. there pretty much all well, game. That was the main thing, yeah. One shocking turnover in the second quarter that led to a uh, momentum killing. Perhaps a uh, yeah. Norm Smith ceiling goal. Yeah. That was for, awesome. For Luke Hodgson. <laughs> um, the fact that he was playing on Luke Bruce to kick three as well mm. probably doesn't help him, but Lewis Jetta, four possessions. The, the Cyril Rioli of this year's grand yeah. final. Yeah, I mean, that was... And there you was gotta, no, there was no cons- grand final sprint. Yeah, you got to you got to consider that. That's that's got to be in the mix as well. You've also Kurt Tippett, um, the fucking spud, as referred to yeah. by Brendan Favola yeah. on Twitter during the game. Love your work, Fevolinko. Yeah. Yes. yes, 
You beauty. Well put. Succinct. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, the... uh, so there's Sam Reed didn't really do much. Mike no. Pike didn't really have an impact when you think about it either. No. The I mean, Hawthorne in the in the first half were just winning clearance after clearance after clearance. Yeah, and the entire Sydney team underperformed quite uh, admirably. Yeah, <laughs> you'd have to say. Yeah. Um, as as you can tell from my rather shithouse sounding voice right now. But uh, look, yeah, for me it, it's it's Rowan. It, no. it, it's Rowan with a bullet, which is probably what his coach wants to give him right now. Yeah, and I think the one the one saving grace for Jetta was that he was off with the concussion. So um, yeah, so he probably can't remember the game, which is no. probably a good yeah, thing for him. But I think the the funniest thing about this was when I was looking at the ratings for one of the sites. They had uh, Gary Rowan one out of ten, yeah. and then directly underneath that was related articles. Rowan, ready to set the MCG yeah. alight. Yeah, ready to run on the MCG or something. <laughs> and it's like, like yeah, nah. <laughs> so, Timbo, we're going to bring Timbo in here. Right, the deciding vote. Yeah. Gary Rowan or Lewis Jetta? What are you, what are you thinking and why? He's, um, al- he's always had a thing for what? ginger nuts, too. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> no, I think that, uh, that turnover in the middle by uh, Gary Rowan was pretty bad. Yeah. Although I reckon... Kieran Jack could be uh, thrown in there as well. Quite a few snafus in front of goal. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that that didn't help either. That was a the bit, goal square. That was a bit of a momentum killer too. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So as usual, he's done nothing but yeah. bring a new name. Right. <laughs> yeah, that was no. Yeah, no. the fuck is no, the No, <laughs> it is decided. <laughs> Gary Rowan. Yes. Yeah. I, oh. Gary Rowan, congratulations, you joined yeah. the illustrious yeah. list of losers. We'll be coming around tomorrow to take a shit on your front lawn and then form it into painstakingly forged into the Leon right. Davis medal. We'll see if we can get Leon himself to chuck it through your window. <laughs> and yeah. probably get arrested or I'll, as part of something. Or alternatively yeah. presented to you in a brown paper bag. <laughs> Set on fire. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tough stuff. Yeah.